So we've all been inside for a little over two months now, and hopefully it's given us all a chance to reflect and think about what our next steps might be. But even if it hasn't, that's all right. If you thought about being an entrepreneur, this is the podcast for you. We'll talk to one of my aces and hear what she has to say about how she left corporate America and started doing her own thing. This is it. And this is Dawson Eats America, the podcast. Let's go. What, what, what up, though? Hope everybody's having a great week. I know, we're all just trying to make it. Uh, these podcasts, the last few that we've done, have really just been focused on how COVID-19 is affecting the entire globe. Uh, we talked about my book. We talked about how uh, Seattle, one of the first places where COVID hit, is being affected and what they're doing to help their constituents. This week, we figured we'd get back to a little bit of food and just talk about entrepreneurship. So I called up one of my aces, Janelle Drayton, a fellow New Yorker and originally from the Bahamas, and just talked about her journey from leaving corporate America to opening up her own artisan sweets business. How she went from event planner to business owner and how relationships played a role in getting where she is today. Let's talk to Janelle. Yeah, so Sweet Dames, um, Janelle Drayton, first and foremost, owner of Sweet Dames Artisan Confections. And um, Sweet Dames is just something that I think, whether I was doing it on this level or not, like it's, it's always been a part of me. Cooking, entertaining, um, that's just always been my thing. Um, Sweet Dames is named after my grandparents, who you see here, Henry's, uh, Stafford Henry Dames and Daisy Veronica Woods, who um, are from the Bahamas. And so, you know, same, you know, story, immigrant family comes to the States, works really hard. My grandfather worked multiple jobs. My grandmother was not coming here to be a maid or do anyone's hair, you know, and um, initially they moved to the Bronx. Then they moved, um, they lived in the projects in the Bronx. They moved to Queen, to uh, a project in Queens. And then I think like in Roosevelt and then they now, um, South Ozone in Jamaica, Queens. Our grandparents have since, since passed, but um, along with amazing memories, we have the legacy of home ownership. So you still have the house, which, you know, talk to me in my 20s, I would have been like, yeah, I'm good, yeah, who needs that house? But now it's like, it's, a, it's, a, it's come full circle, you know, for us, um, entertaining has always been a part of my life. My grandparents, um, you know, we had the dope basement. My grandfather had, you know, whatever the best of the best was, my grandfather had it. So we always entertained, we had a bar. And so again, that feeling for me, my childhood, that's a part of that, my childhood that I hold on to. And so um, it evolved to that, um, you know, my career path was in event planning. And so um, I worked um, in sports marketing for a little over 10 years. And um, the last two years of my career, things were just changing. And so I um, 
just like on the side, just like I'm gonna bake for the holidays. And that just, again, organically grew and people were ordering. And even while I was at NASCAR, was where I was working, they were ordering from me. And so I just made the decision, like that last year, literally was on the bus, going down Fifth Avenue. I was just like, this was it, this is the last year. Um, and didn't know how, how what didn't have all the pieces but i just knew i just put it out there and so um the opportunity came where i was i was able to leave them and um immediately i was doing consultant work was still still in the event planning space and then i think also just adjusting i've worked all my life right and so processing that getting and just getting back to myself getting that corporate stuff off of me you know all those experiences and so um but again baking was still there and so when sweet dames was first established um i established in 2011 in new york and then but in 2013 i really really focused on the business and initially i was baking everything in my little home apartment cakes i was i went i was taking classes and my apartment looked crazy i, I remember i got this and I'm always, due to relationships, always had some cool opportunities. You know, the event space, they kind of, you know, and food and cookies, of course, they go hand in hand. And so based on my relationships from the sports marketing event space, I was able to get some cool accounts. And um, I remember a friend of mine let me basically have an assembly in her apartment. And it was like her neighbors, my friends, it was crazy. The worst possible decision I could have made, but those were the growing pains, that was the foundation. And so for me, baking everything, um, the macaroons, which is what my primary focus is at the moment, um, they were moving and they were moving for the very thing that I noticed as an event planner. I was tired of sending the same gift. I was tired of sending, you know, the same gift tower or, you know, the corporate label cookie, you know, with the logo and all that stuff. And people were buying my cookies for that very same thing. So I was just like, okay, less stress. This is, you know, this has some movement. Let me focus on that. So that's the birth, if you will, of Sweet Dane, just the organic of of just my family and all those things that weren't, were um, put in me and then that natural uh, progression to deciding to focus and build a business. So was it something where, how, how did you even know you were good at, at baking? Like what, what was that trial and error or just something instinctively that just kicked in? Yeah, it, two things stick out. Um, I just naturally, it was just something that I did, actually a couple, but it just was, it was a natural thing for me. Um, I remember one time, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember waking up my mom and she, I was like, mom, mom, I made you some eggs. And she was like, oh, thank you, thank you. She's like, um, like, where are, like, where are they? And um, I was like, on the oven. She's like, like, right now, like you're making the eggs right now. Why are you in here? Why are you back here? That, and then um, I think I was, between the ages of 10, I think it was like 10 or 11, um, I baked a shrimp dish. And I was always like, I would go in a, in a cookbook and you know, no, didn't think anything of it. And um, I found a recipe, a shrimp rice recipe. And my mom, God bless her, she took, she, which she should not have, but she took the shrimp leftover dish to work. <laughs> and um, a coworker, she shared it with a coworker. A coworker loved it. It's just like, oh, I'm having a New Year's Eve party. Can she make this? It's like, you know, and my mom's like, do you want to do it? Sure, I didn't think anything of it. So it was a natural thing. I was never afraid of it. I mean, my friends would have house parties. I'm the organizer. I'm the, you know, I'm the one who's doing the things or, you know, 
yeah, yeah. so it was just a natural it was just a natural thing that i loved doing but i will say that i didn't recognize it for what it was i didn't recognize or the thought of entrepreneurship and business ownership or you know there was no martha stewart there was no b smith you know I, we didn't know what that looked like back then so um yeah it was yeah and so not knowing i'm not what to identify i mean for me like that's what we do right black people we we cook yeah, but let me just say this, and you know this to be true as well. There's a difference <laughs> doing it because you want to do it. And yeah. There's a difference when you transition into Absolutely. You absolutely. have to do absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely, of course. So talk to me about the transition from doing it for uh, functions, for friends, to really getting into it and making your mark. Sure. So I think, you know, uh, I don't, there, I can only name a few times where I was overwhelmed. Um, and again, like this one account that I got, and it was just poor decision-making on my part. Like I got an account, but I was coming back from vacation. Like I should not even have agreed to do it. That was just poor judgment. But um, I think the progression more than anything was just like my experience in corporate America, while I learned a lot of great things and things that I use in, in my business today, um, the politics of things and being a black woman in that space and those are the type of things that I really the those were the emotional and inner workings that I had to do um, and work on um, in the transition phase um, as far as building a business right I mean I didn't know it all so every opportunity any you know I um, I um, interned, if you will, at a, a bakery in, in Lower Manhattan, just to even like get comfortable being in a commercial kitchen. I've never been in a commercial kitchen. I was baking in my apartment. So those are the little things that I did. I sought the information and people who were already doing it or were doing it better than me um, and sought out those resources. Um, but the real hard work in the beginning was definitely just shedding off that Ex those ex those years of experience and what that was for me and how to transition my mind to, and and still am of being a business owner versus being the doer you know the project manager person and executing yes those things need to happen but let's shift the minds to start to think more strategically as a business owner so you had to have a strategy in order to leave uh, corporate America as well. So uh, I, I really do not think that you did it right away. So it's probably a gradual, I, you knew you wanted to leave right. and finally, but you didn't, you just didn't throw it all away. So what was your, what steps did you take in order to, to finally just say, all right, I'm ready, I'm out. So the conversation with myself and with God on that bus. So the way NASCAR worked is like it's seasonal, you know, seasonal coincided through the calendar year. And so it was the beginning of the year and pretty much the race cycle is the same. So you know what city you're going to do an event. You know, so it was after a couple of years, it's like the same thing, you know, maybe a new uh, Pantone color on the, on the invite, but pretty much everything was the same. So I was just like, okay, I'm over it. So the beginning of that year, I was just like, yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. And I think it really wasn't, for me, it was also, it was a God thing. Like I, I had to be clear because I didn't know, there were things that I also wanted. I wasn't just going to leave. And so there were things that I wanted um, to, for the time that I had spent and committed and all those other things. And so, and I didn't know what that looked like. And so an opportunity availed itself where um, I believe that God ordained and allowed all those pieces to come together where I got the check and just like, okay, now. Mm -hmm. Now, simultaneously, 
I was doing um, uh, consultant work with BET on the side. And so for me, in my mind, I was just like, okay, but I got this, this BET thing on the side, like this is it. And still wasn't clear, but until, honestly, until God was just like, all right, now let, like, let's go. And so it took me from the idea of the thought from the beginning of the year. And then I believe I gave notice. I said, this is what I want to do to them like in maybe like in May and it took like two months. So I was out of there. I said it and established it in, in January and I was out of there by like June and July of the same year. Yeah, but it wasn't, it was definitely more of an inner spiritual thing for me to be clear about what it was, I was how I was supposed to do and when it was okay to speak the next thing. I think that's really when you're intentional about something because you could you could want something and and go off on a whim and do something, but it's when it's something it all that, up. when it's something that you feel like this is going to be my life, this is going to be it. You got to have a strategy and a plan in place. All right, so now you're out there. You know, you you you're on the wings of love. You're doing your thing. So what um what was do you remember your first big sale, your big order that was like all right, this is man, I am in this. This is it. Um. I think the first big, the first big sale outside of like a couple of hundred, but the first big sale was for, it was for a captain. So again, in the beginning, right? I'm making everything. I'm making tear cakes and cake pops. Like it was crazy. And so Captain America, um, I basically did it. Um, provided product for the for, uh, Captain America New York release. Okay. And so while it was a great account, great opportunity, that was the account that I probably should have said no to because literally I um, I was going on vacation. I was going to Bahamas. And so it was like, okay, I needed to order all these things. Where am I going to produce? And um, my friend who was the connect connected me to the opportunity, she was like, we're going to do it. We're going to get it done. We're going to get everyone together. And then once she saw all that was required to go, that went into it, she was like, whoa. Okay. And quite honestly, it wasn't executed on the on the on the level that I would have wanted. I was stressed out. I literally had rotations of people um, um, coming in the apartment. She had her neighbors and friends, and so I was just like, okay. The takeaway was like, okay, you put yourself out there. You weren't one hundred percent prepared. You should have said no to this. What do we do so that we're not here again? You know. And, what does scaling look like for you and how do you prepare yourself to do that and put yourself in the position? Well, it went well, but it wasn't, you know, um, it, it wasn't on the level that I would have liked to, for it to have been. It was very stressful, very stressful. But that was my first big sale. Okay. So you mentioned someone who was in your ear, so that means that, well, did you have like a, a cooking or baking mentor like once you started to ramp up? that time no <laughs> literally I'm, I'm, but that's kind of my personality and who I am I think also like even as a kid like I wasn't the kid who's like you know all the cousins and everyone's up you know trying to stay up I was like I'm tired I'm out for the <laughs> you know so I've always been that way and good or bad because sometimes poor choices have been made by not thinking all those things through um but at that time no it was definitely self-taught um, and I would, I would seek out whoever, who I thought was the best in that category. And if I could take at that time, it's not how it is now, but there were a couple of like, you know, social media wasn't as, you know, the beginning of it. So I think like I would find people on Craigslist and people, I can't remember how I found like the cake pop lady, but I would find people and take their class. Um, and then I, I took, um, 
courses at the Culinary Institute um, in New York, you know, um, just the foundation. I, I didn't, I definitely know that I felt an insecurity about saying that I was a baker and not understand the science of baking. And so I respected it enough to definitely and have the, 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 you know, the mind to say, okay, let me at least get, understand the foundation. And so I took some classes at the Culinary Institute. Yeah. All right, so this is the kudos part of the uh, of the interview where we talk about your kudos, right? So uh, I'm gonna name a few and then you'll take over because it's gonna be like a little chain where we keep it going. So you were you were named the top five desserts in New York pop markets by Metro NYC, right? Go on, your turn. What else? What else you got? Uh, so oh gosh, I know, and I'm really because my mom yeah i'm really bad at this at telling my story in this way but you shouldn't have to teach your own horn on your tootie go ahead yeah so uh, what else so after that um metro new york i was in the gothamist um i was featured in black enterprise twice which was exciting black enterprise um shouted me out as a holiday gift option in 2018. And they also featured me on, um, it was an interview, just learning about my story because um, I, got, um, I built a relationship with Bloomingdale's. And so based on the Bloomingdale's opportunity, they did an article on me, with me on that and I was on their website. Um, most recently was featured with BET and their um, Future 40, which was really exciting, just sharing my story and my journey. Um, and then um, one of the top small businesses in America, which was a, a, um, that was sponsored by Paycheck, um, the company Paychecks, and so that was just um, that was pretty awesome. So I've gotten some great opportunities, great um, just by, and it's been organic. It's been word of mouth. Customers have been word of mouth. Um, I just in the beginning, so primarily the business was based off of that gift option, and it still is. With with COVID, I definitely had to shift that a little bit because the idea of people, you know, especially in the beginning and not knowing what this thing is, the idea of, uh, of you know, buying a custom gift box for someone at that time, now people are a little more relaxed. And so I had to change my focus a little bit, um, like on my packaging and offering on the website, um, but the gift options still exist. And so, yeah, just coming full circle with, um, with the different opportunities and just word of mouth has just been great in getting the sweet things word out. Now we could go with that because you mentioned COVID-19, which is yeah. a, everybody, this is a global thing, right? So how or did it disrupt your business? Like, so you said you had a relationship with Bloomingdale's and of course, if nobody's going in there, right. does that, did that disrupt contracts? Did that disrupt, disrupt anything with as right. far as business? So um, the Bloomingdale's relationship is, was, is more of a pop-up situation. So when the world, now that depends on what, what that looks like for Bloomingdale's when they, when this is all said and done, right? And so um, potentially for where we are now, that's still there. Um, but it did initially, because, you know, and God bless family and friends who are like, are you okay? Like, what are you going to do? But my... My perspective in general is just like, even if, I mean, cause the, the COVID is real, it's happening, but I chose, and then I, I just chose to like, okay. There were so many things because I'm still working. I still have a part-time job. And so this for me is like, oh, outside world is shutting down. 
I can sit and really focus on the things that have been on this list forever. What do I need to do to, how can I, you know, monetize and take advantage of this downtime? And so that prompted me to change my website. Um, you know, it prompted me to change my offerings and get the type of packaging that I wanted to get. Um, you know, and then, you know, oh, there's grants, you know, giving us money. Oh, okay, awesome, cool, you know, and so I just chose to, um, and now granted, there are definitely people who are hurting and struggling, and I think, you know, I don't have rent, it, as you know, I don't have my own structure, I don't have a storefront, right, and so my response, I'm, I know, and I'm not making a light, making it a, it a light thing, mm -hmm. um, but my, um, Financial responsibility is different from from some other businesses, and you know the food industry overall is just very. It's an awesome community. Um, so people galvanized and came together, and just like okay, you know, what do you need? Where are you? What's happening with you right now? How can I assist you? Where do you need help? How can we partner? You know, so from COVID. Um, tastemakers on PBS reached out and just like, we would love to, you know, um, sell your product for you on our website. They created, you know, basically a tastemaker store of, of, of small businesses, you know, around the world um, just to help and support. And so that's been amazing just to see how people have come together and, um, in just ways of sharing resources. I'm constantly have other businesses, whether they're in the food space or not, you know, we're sharing information about a new grant we hear or check this, you know, this Zoom meeting out about information of how to navigate or what have you. So for COVID for me has been an opportunity for me to really hone in. You know, for me, it's like, okay, I need to be in position and be in a better position than when I was when this thing first started. And what that means for me is the like the business, the back end side of things with business. And so that's what my focus has been on. And while sales have, um, sales, they've gone down definitely um, slightly for me, but, um, in, in, but other opportunities because now the stores need product on the shelves, right? And so I'm getting emails and things that I necessarily would not have gotten without COVID. So we talk like, um, you know, folks have either chosen to or they're being forced to really like follow their passion now uh, right. because maybe a furlough or their their jobs may not just be opening up or they're just forced to sit still. So what would you tell them uh, to do or what would they need to do before they go full throttle? Oh, I definitely would, you know, don't do anything out of desperation, you know? And, and yes, these are, um, these are unique times, but I think it's important to recognize, to, for their perspective to be, make it a positive thing and, and take the time to sit and assess and say, okay, what are the things that I wanna do? How can I, you know, make these things happen? But just sit and be still in that and, and, and you know, list those things out. Where do you get the support in order to do those things? Because there are a lot of great resources and people availing themselves. And so I think just to sit, take the time, assess, be realistic, and don't get overwhelmed. Because I think, especially in the social media age, you know, we're at A, but we see someone else on L, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much for me to do. And I do this, I have to remind myself of this every day, but 
day by day, step by step, you know, three things, five things. And I know it's cliche and you hear it all the time, but that's real. Like every single, if you do something every single day towards the goal and not get overwhelmed and copy and, you know, you can be influenced by someone and something, but how do you make it your own be true and genuine to yourself? Because it's not going to last if it's not. Well, that's timely because, you know, one thing folks got right now is a whole lot of time to do all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, really take your time and assess and um, be strategic about it. Seek help. Um, I think that's some, one of the things for me, I know that that is an area where you have to be trusting and um, avail yourself and wave your hand because people will help. And then sometimes you may have to knock a little bit harder, a little bit longer for some people. But people, there are every, every, you know, done. Julian, who owned the bakery in Lower East Side, like, I didn't know him. I didn't know, I met that man one time and he's like, sure, come in, that man let me cook in his kitchen when he wasn't in it, you know what I mean? Like, so the people who helped me along the way are people that I went, Chef L, like I can list people who helped me that I met the one time and may not even have met them face to face, just or on email or what have you, and they, they've availed themselves. So put yourself out there, seek help, take your time, and don't compare yourself to others. Yeah, that was, that was going to transition to my final question to you. What is the importance of having relationships? Oh, you know, I had to learn relationships are essential. You can't do anything by yourself. You, know, you can only go but so long and so far. And um, another thing, and this was maturing on my part, um, just, okay, this person, I mean that outside of work, outside of the scope, I mean, that, that may be someone that I really don't want to hang out with, but that person has a skill set that I need. We can, there's reciprocity in the relationship for the goal that needs to be accomplished, right? So let's put personal aside, let's mature, let's grow up, and let's figure out how we can, you know, mutually benefit and grow, you know, from business, that. yeah. And, and handle the business. And, you know, God bless our friends and family, but that may not, that's not it. That's not the end all be like you'll and you set yourself up for disappointment if you know Aunt Clara and them aren't buying the product. And yeah. I have to learn, you know, and you know, your best friend or whomever aren't doing what you expect and you thought they were going to do. Because nine times out of the ten out of ten, it's not gonna come from them. And if it does, fantastic. But majority of the time it's gonna come from people outside of your comfort zone. You, you know, having aligning yourself with people who don't look like you, who don't, you know, socialize in the same circles as you, but they have the knowledge. You have to seek the knowledge and, and because you don't know at all, there's things that I am not good at. And so it's important, it's essential for you to seek those opportunities out, seek those resources out and gradually and honestly and genuinely build those relationships and understand it for what it is. You know, it's, it's business. If you build friendships from those, fantastic. But if it's just, you know, we can get this money or we're gonna do whatever we gotta do, then that's the purpose of that relationship. And that's wonderful as well, yeah. Yeah. You gotta know the ledge, like the great philosopher Rakim said. Uh, <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you, please. Yeah, yeah so Sweet Dames, you can go to the website www.sweetdames.com and on, on all uh, social media, I'm on Twitter, uh, Twitter, IG, and Facebook, Sweet Dames.com. Um, Sweet Dames, at Sweet Dames, on all social media. 
Uh, let this be a formal congratulations for all your success uh, thus far. I know you got bigger and greater things on the way, but I, I'm glad. Well, I, I think I mentioned 2012 or whenever Zia was moving out to, to LA, but uh, listen, I followed you along the way and I'm proud of you for everything. Well, thank you so much, friend. I appreciate that. Same to you. Of course. All right, you take care. Be safe thank out there. Or well, in there. Don't go. <laughs> take care. All right.